Hi, I'm Corey Fruitman, founder of Instant House Call, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host, uh, Paul Kemp. And uh, what I do is I go around the world and try and find the best speakers, the best, most inspirational guests that we can get on the show for your benefit. And if you are an indie app developer, an app developer, uh, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or if you're just interested in the stories of uh, apppreneurs, as we call them, then uh, this is the podcast for you. You're in the right place. And today is a great episode. I mean, one of the reasons why I set this uh, podcast up is that I uh, have spent a lot of time uh, living in Dubai and trying to uh, emulate uh, these uh, successes that we hear about, digital nomads, we call them, uh, location-independent people. And of course, app development is one of the great uh, you know, reasons why we can do this. Now, I'm a parent, so I uh, struggle with the, the whole location independence, but at least I've spent the last four years uh, hopping over to Dubai and, and, and flipping about between there and the UK and uh, France as well. And so I've done it a little bit, but then I've met this uh, next guest and he has just such an inspiring story. This is a fascinating, fascinating episode. Uh, really do stay tuned for this. So let me introduce uh, Andreas Cabanis. And if you uh, just check out his website under the same name, Andreas Cabanis, then you'll, uh, if you Google that, you'll see that he is an app developer and he's just got an inspiring story. He's managed to launch a, a number of different apps and one of these apps has made it to uh, the top six in the uh, paid app store. And uh, he's going to talk us through, I know, that day when he found that out and uh, sort of tracked all the charts. Um, but he also consults on uh, making our apps a success and I know that on his website, it says that he does uh, seek out some uh, partnerships. So uh, let me introduce Andreas. Andreas, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you so much, Paul. Perhaps you could tell us um, maybe uh, just a few minutes, you know, what, what inspired you to be an app developer in the first place. And, uh, you know, that, that'll be good to kind of give some color to your story. Sure. So I started off my online career uh, running a small uh, cycling blog. Um, and one of the things that I thought when the iPhone first came out is, oh, wouldn't it be fantastic to have instructions on there of how to maintain your bike? And so I saw that there was nothing else out there like that. You know, we're talking still the iPhone 3G days, right? So right at the beginning. Um, and uh, I thought, well, I can put this together. So I put together the guides. Uh, I contacted a developer uh, and said, look, let's just go 50-50. I'll do all the content, all the promotion, and you do the app. Um, and uh, sort of, you know, a couple of months later, we'd created uh, my first ever app, uh, Bike Doctor, which is still out there. And uh, we we just launched it just to see what would happen. And I think in the first month, we did something like um, ten thousand dollars worth of downloads. And so at that point, I mean, I was very early in my sort of online career, so I was just floored by how well this had performed um and that's and i was hooked what a, a great start i mean there's so many of us listening here now where 
you know, we launch an app, and actually, one of my first apps was uh, heavily downloaded, but uh, certainly not in those regions, those figures. Uh, so that must have been just so inspiring. So I'm guessing that you gave up your uh, blog, or you started to really focus on uh, app development after that. Yeah, it took me a little while to to make the switch because I guess I was sort of thinking, well. Um, the reason that app worked was because I had the blog audience. Uh, and so I explored a couple of other ideas promoting to the blog audience, but they didn't really take off as much. Um, and I kind of, so I sort of left it for a while, which is a shame because I kind of missed out on some of those gold rush days. <laughs> um, yeah. But then earlier this year, well, earlier last year in 2013, um, I was setting off on this journey um, from vancouver to antarctica and i would be traveling for 14 months and a couple of months in i'd met this guy um abel james and he runs the number one health podcast in itunes and so i was kind of friends with him and i was like well look you're doing really well in the itunes chart um have you ever thought about trying out in the app store as well because i know you've got a bunch of recipes that we could do uh, and he was like yeah let's do it um and so that was it i was suddenly back in the app game <laughs> while i was uh traveling this enormous distance <laughs> wow okay so uh, tell us then you know your first uh, app bike doctor this next app uh, are you actually doing the app development behind the scenes or are you uh outsourcing that but what you know uh, t- tell us how involved you are in terms of the coding of the app right so i know no coding um I, I, I couldn't tell you how to integrate a pass framework. I couldn't tell you anything. Um, so I've got someone uh, that I'm working with, um, and we sort of do all the apps together. Uh, and then I've also got a designer uh, who's based in India. Uh, and so sort of between our small team, uh, we, we create these apps. Right. Okay. Well, that's great. Because then, so you've got trusted people around you. And then you uh, talk us through. Okay, so let's get straight to the chase. Let's talk through the best day on the App Store, the the day where you were tracking the charts and then you reached number six. And and perhaps you could walk us through that because I know that's going to be so inspiring. (laughs) Yeah, so I was in in Colombia. I was in Medellin, a very popular place amongst sort of expats and entrepreneurs and these digital nomads and things like that and so we were staying in a wonderful apartment there for a fraction of what it would cost you know in in uh, in america for example and we uh, and so this app came together we set it out there i had sort of a launch strategy in place uh and then it was just a case of watching the charts so i remember not getting much sleep the night prior <laughs> And then uh, waking up the next day, looking in the in the charts, and it was already sort of in the top, uh, you know, ten or fifteen or so uh, food applications, so in the food category, um, and that was incredible because we hadn't really started marketing it that much yet. And then my friend posted on his sort of Facebook page, and he had a big following of about I think it was about eighty thousand people at the time. Um, just saying, right, the app's out there, you know, get it now. And I think we launched with a sort of promotional price of just a dollar, um, which is incredible value for 200 recipes for a dollar. I mean, it's unrivaled in kind of in the sense of what you get in a book, for example. Um, so we launched the app and then I was just, I kept refreshing the charts and suddenly it broke into the top 100 and I just leaped out of, 
out of bed and I couldn't believe it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my friend, I was I was living with a friend of mine, and he he would sort of come in every thirty minutes or so and ask me how it's going. I'd be like top ninety now, top eighty, top fifty, you know, and it just kept going. And eventually. When we got into the top 10, I mean, my friend just stopped asking. He was like, oh, well, it's no, no point asking you anymore. It's doing so well. <laughs> um, <laughs> and eventually, yeah, we hit the top six spot. Um, and on day one, we had 8,000 paid downloads. Um, so that got us to the number six spot uh, in the whole U.S. store. Um, uh, and it was just an incredible feeling. I couldn't stop taking screenshots on my iPhone and on the uh, on the uh, App Store as well, because I just wanted to sort of capture that moment. <laughs> well, congratulations! I'm so thrilled. To, I'm almost feeling this, you know, like just sharing this with you, and it must have been just so exciting. And I can't, I can't imagine you had much sleep the the night, the following night as well. All the celebrations and stuff. <laughs> right? No, absolutely. I was. You, you kind of. It's kind of weird because, you know, everything I do is kind of is all in the build-up to the launch. So all of the, you know, what the design's going to be like, the icon, the, you know, everything that goes into it. And then I'll set out a launch strategy. Um, and then it's kind of out of my hands once it's out there because it all relies on the people that we partner with to create these apps. Um, so I have, since the Bike Doctor days, I've never created an app on my own uh, again because what I'll always do is say, right, I don't really like doing the whole contacting the press and trying to get Gizmodo to write about it. And I've done those things before. I've got it featured in good places, but it's so much effort and you feel like you're really kind of asking people for something for nothing. And it just doesn't feel quite right with me. Um, and so what I've always focused on now is doing apps only with people that have got a big audience that they can promote to. Um, so that's been like the entire strategy is just to find people that have got that big following on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, or in their email list, and then go up to them and say, hey, have you thought about doing an app? Um, and then it kind of unfolds from there. Yeah, and I guess you've got the credibility because you've gone through that, you've had success with these apps. And so you can just showcase that and uh, show the benefits of, of you know, you bringing your talent uh, in, into the equation and uh, then leveraging off the, the audience. So... Uh, that's a great idea for anybody listening, you know, just approach people and showcase what you've done. And uh, yeah, then you've got the instant uh, launch. So that's, we're all into giving content back to the audience. Uh, I'd love to know, perhaps, you know, try and get some sense of, of the way you launch. And, uh, you know, do you do teasers? Uh, do you have a build up phase? That kind of stuff. Oh, Would you be able yeah. to just so, to walk us through that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um so what we've started doing is every launch, we're always learning something. Uh, and so we've got this kind of central document where we've almost got like a set of steps to now take uh, with every launch. And there's there's a ton of things in there. So, you know, a week prior to the launch, you know, we'll mention that an app is coming kind of a month prior to the launch. And then a week prior to the launch, we'll start sharing some screenshots um, one of the big things we did is we used some of because once you submit your app to Apple, 
you can use the uh, the free code that you get to allow people to download it before it's even available in the store. And so we will run a competition and say, look, do you want to be one of the first five people to ever get to use this application? And that gets people really excited. And we ask them to like the post and comment on it on Facebook. And so you know, the way Facebook works is the more traction they see in a post, the more people they'll show it to. So, you know, by doing these things, we make sure that as many people as possible that are following that page will see it and get excited about it. So I definitely think that there's a lot to be said about that human emotion of, wow, look how cool this is. And I can't actually have it yet because, <laughs> I mean, we live in a world yeah. now where we can go out and we can buy anything, right? But being able to actually see something, want it and not being able to have it, I think is very powerful. Yeah, it's it's uh, exclusivity or uh, yeah, yeah, lim- limitation of the the actual thing. Uh, this th- I actually just wanted to pick up on the, the. So when you submit the app, are you saying that you can then once it's approved by Apple, you can delay the actual uh, appearance in the App Store, but you can get some what codes to uh, to download? Right. So. What happens is once you say, right, my app is ready, you send it to Apple and then it's in their review queue, which takes around seven days. Of course, we, we all know. Um, and uh, what happens What happens then is once you've sent it to Apple, even if it's not yet been approved, you can actually give someone a code to download it, sort of pre-approval phase, which is something that we didn't know prior to this last launch. Oh, okay. So I've only ever done that through uh, applications like Test Flight Pro that gets the the uh, actual application on other devices. Are you saying that, what, the, I actually don't know this. So there's uh, a code that Apple will give you that enables that app to be downloaded even though it's not been approved. Exactly, yeah. So you know how you get 100 free codes to use? Yes. Uh, well, those codes work before the app is even in the store oh really oh yeah, right okay this is great as well all <laughs> <laughs> right okay i've never really made most much use of those codes so i, I do give them away but yeah you're right uh, actually giving those away before approval yeah it's just such a great strategy so there's and, uh, two great things to do with those codes number one is exactly that to get people excited um, to, to reward some of your early sort of adopters and things like that. But also what I think a lot of people use them for is once they've sent off the Apple to be the app to be approved is they'll contact journalists and say, hey, look, we're coming in, you know, 10 days. We're coming in the next couple of weeks. Here's a code. You can get it before everyone else so that you give that journalist time to actually look at the app and use it and write about it before it's available to everyone. Well, that is a gold mine of uh, information, I think. Uh, <laughs> and then the rest of the, and then so once we, so we do that, and the other big thing we do is on the launch day, we will give away uh, an iPad um, or, or an iPhone or an iPad or whatever it is, or, 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 or a, for our smoothie app recently, you know, we gave away a blender, for example. <laughs> um, but what we'll right, do okay. is we'll say, look, you know, we're, we're celebrating the launch. We've got this launch only price that's like it's $2 now. It's going to be $5, but we want to give it to you for $2. So get in there, get downloading. And we'll also say we're also giving away an iPad. Please like this post, comment on it. And if you can, 
leave us a review in the store. So what that does is it hits a lot of important points. Number one, you know, the post gets more traction on Facebook because Facebook sees that it's getting a lot of a lot of action from the audience. And number two, it encourages people to leave a review. And as we know, reviews are crucial for how your ranking does in the store going forward. Right. Okay. So let's pick up on that because, yeah, getting reviews is quite challenging. In terms of the pre-launch, then, are you encouraging people to uh, write a review based on the iPad contest? Uh, yeah. So yeah, exactly. So we're saying, um, you know, so what we're saying to people is like the post, comment on this post, and also if you can, please leave us a review in the iTunes Store because it makes a huge difference. And I guess that's not really incentivizing them because you're giving them a choice. Um, right, because they can they can enter the yeah. competition if they want. They can just enter by liking the post. They don't have to review it. Oh, I see. And I, I think then you, you're saying that you almost make it. Uh, did you use any software for this, any particular service uh, for, for Facebook contests? No, just we just do the basic Facebook, um, Facebook post, basically. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I know that um, there's... Uh, and a service called uh, Heyo, uh, heyo.com. And uh, I was speaking to the, or in touch with the founder there. And uh, they make that process a little bit easier with a countdown clock, uh, which could be quite useful. Nice. But uh, yeah, I just, um, um, also I was, um, I was speaking to another guest as well, where, uh, you know, we all know we're not supposed to um, incentivize reviews, but um, you can actually go through the process of uh uh, doing the contest you know and you entered if you uh, like or tweet or whatever you do but you don't make the um the process of leaving a review an obvious an obvious one to skip even though you know you you mentioned somewhere that, that you don't have to um you know you don't have to leave an apple review if uh, you want to be entered into the contest but you don't you know i mean basically they go through the process and then they just end up leaving a review anyway because they think it's part of the contest right exactly yeah so you're not saying look you have to go pay for the app and you've got to go leave a review and that's the only way you can enter because i know that that's against the rules right um so we say look there's a variety of ways to enter we'd also appreciate a review kind of thing you know so we, we sort of build it in like that so we've had a number of guests, actually, Andreas, who have you know said about the algorithm changes in Facebook and how it's a lot more challenging now to get these mm. uh, posts out. So you're obviously getting around that by creating uh, posts that are rapidly shared and uh, get some traction. And then the algorithm is actually presenting that to a bigger audience. Right. So there's a few things we're doing. So, you know, you could probably achieve back in the day with 80,000 followers what would now take you, I don't know, 300,000 followers. So it's a bit irritating that Facebook have changed their algorithm, but we have to adjust with these things as they change. And so what we do is, yes, we use the competition to encourage people to, to, to get the post to get more traction. We'll also tend to pay some money to extend the reach of these posts, but we'll also post uh, a few times throughout the day because it's no longer okay i post once in the morning everyone's going to see it so we tend to post you know four or five times on the launch day so it's a little bit irritating for those users who are like well i don't really want the app or i've got an android um but it's at the end of the day we have to do it to reach that audience kind of thing so we will post throughout that launch day 
Yeah, it was uh, Urza Firestone, who was a previous guest, who was talking about the, you know, the importance of actually supplementing uh, Facebook posts with paid Facebook posts to extend the reach. Uh, obviously, uh, I mean, he he was um, defending Facebook, saying, you know, they get a billion posts per day. Uh, their, their job is to try and deliver the best content uh, to the users. And hence this algorithm update, which then is uh, penalizing some of the, uh, the people that have, you know, grown an audience base on on facebook but uh yeah do you, have you used any other social media to launch or is it primary primarily facebook no not really i mean we'll post it on pinterest as well we'll post it on twitter as well and the other really big thing is the email newsletter um so we'll use uh you know we like to partner with people that have got a big email following because we know that people will read that email. Um, so we can't know for certain that everyone will see the Facebook post, but we can know for certain that they'll receive the email. And obviously, you know, email open rates vary as well, but it tends to be a more effective way. So we'll, we'll couple it with, with a lot of different methods. We don't want to be just saying, right, all of our strategy relies on Facebook. You know, this is just so valuable because uh, a lot of uh, uh, developers seem to approach me to say, you know, uh, really need help marketing. I know you provide help marketing. And one of the biggest takeaways I'm getting from this is it makes so much sense to partner with a ready-made audience of hungry, you know, listeners or uh, followers and then tap into that with, you know, a content that is relevant to them uh, and just do a partnership. And, and so you're getting access to uh, an audience outside of uh, trying to, you know, basically uh, climb up the charts and just get just attract app store traffic. You're you're actually um, bringing people to the app store and getting them to download your app in a launch day, and then that gives you the momentum then to then pick up on the tail end of the the traffic from the app store. Exactly. So we've already got that sort of hungry audience there that are just waiting for this app, uh, rather than okay, let's launch the app, see what happens. Hopefully, it'll go well. <laughs> um, and I think. Well, that, that is exactly my, I've launched, uh, oh, I've got about 50 apps. I've written about 80. Some of them were, were rejected, but a lot of them got through the app store. And come launch day, it just goes in and it's, I give myself a little pat on the back to say, oh, I got through the Apple review process. And then just leave it in the app store and there's no um, <laughs> launch sequence. And, and that's one of the biggest things I've learned uh, as a takeaway, that it is all around the launch. And if you get the launch right, you know, from your success story, mm-hmm then it uh, makes a whole lot of difference. And you know what, Paul? I mean, it would have been a completely different story four years ago. I think four or five years ago, you could just launch an app out there and it could just get traction on its own. Uh, but these days, there's just so many more apps out there. And, you know, you, you really have to do something special at the launch to make sure that it gets in front of people. And uh, I would argue that those kind of initial 24 hours in the store are the most important day you'll have in the entire sort of history of your app because um, that's your chance to really make an impact. And um, obviously this is all kind of anecdotal evidence, but I would say that if you were to launch a new app and do crazy well in those first 24 hours, you're way more likely to get noticed by Apple because they're going to be like, who's this new guy? that suddenly got this brand new app and it's shot up to the top of the you know food category or whatever and then that can lead into you being featured or you know mentioned on their twitter and things like that so what i think we're in a position now where because a few of our apps have gained such a lot of traction you know apple actually sent us an email before this app was even approved to say 
please send us, you know, marketing materials because we're going to be featuring this app. And obviously they don't say we're going to feature it. They say maybe we're going to feature it. But if they're going to contact you before it's even been reviewed, I mean, you know, it's clear that they're sort of keeping an eye on our account now because they've seen how well the past releases are going. Well, just to everyone listening right now, it's, again, just so inspirational to hear you, you know, say that you're actually being approached by Apple, asking for something from you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a nice reverse, you know, from, uh, you know, this review process where we all uh, just, you know, pray that our uh, apps get through and uh, then we have to go back and adjust some things, which just seem crazy. And uh, (laughs) here's Apple, like, you know, can you send us your marketing material? Can you, uh, it's great. And and the effect on downloads is still enormous. So, um, you know, I can't share exact figures, but let's say that it, you know, it doubled, no, it, no more than that, it quadrupled our downloads as soon as we were featured. So uh, we got featured in the new app. We got featured under the best new apps in the homepage. We got featured in the food category as a best new app and also a great big banner at the top, which is those marketing materials that they asked for. And I think they're also going to be putting us on their Twitter account, which has got a crazy amount of followers as well. So it's it's you know apple really helped us a lot um and and i think they see that we've got that kind of track record now um and so they're willing to to come up to us and say well look um you know you're doing well you're creating great things let's help you out so let's talk about your lifestyle then because that's uh you know we've got uh, five minutes left i'd love to just probe you a little bit on your your lifestyle you you do a lot of traveling yeah you're you're settled now for a couple of months uh, back in Austin, I believe, in the US uh, to meet with your business partner. But then I'm guessing you're going to take off somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, I've obviously I've read the four hour work week and uh, I've, I spent four years living in London. And eventually a friend came up to me and said, hey, Andres, uh, how about we go traveling for 12 months from Vancouver to Antarctica? So it was the vaguest plan possible. Um, but thanks to the kind of business that I run, it, it is possible. Um, so booked a one-way flight, uh, came out here and, you know, I've been running the business from all the countries along the way. I think we visited, you know, 20 or so countries. Um, and the thing is though, Paul, and, and the important thing I think to take away from it all is that in London, I was spending uh, £2,000 a thousand pounds every month on rent alone. Uh, now that translates into about $1,600, $1,700 every month just on rent. And don't imagine that I had any beautiful house or anything like that. It was a very basic, you know, apartment basically. Um, but what traveling allowed me to do is now I could live off a thousand pounds a month for all of my expenses. And so suddenly, I sort of unlocked a lot of money that was previously kind of trapped with having to to spend on rent and living in this expensive city. And so that's what actually allowed me to unlock some money so that I could actually start investing and paying for a developer and things like that. Um, because you just because otherwise your your hands are tied, right? You've just got these monthly expenses coming out every month. But traveling and going to these remote locations is often so much cheaper that it allows you to lock unlock money that you can then spend on your business to grow your business. Yeah, I'd spent 10 years living in London, so I know exactly. I was living in zone one and uh, just a small one-bed apartment, but uh, yeah, incredibly expensive. And 
uh, you know, almost, I think that you know, a lot of us do get into app development and we, we give ourselves such a high hurdle because we have all these expenses and, you know, we're desperately, I know that as uh, some people listening to this right now who are currently working, desperately wanting to give up their job, but they can't because they know that they're going to get uh, maybe one, $2,000 a month from, from app income. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not going to be enough to sustain their living. So one of the things you're getting us to think about is almost lower the bar mm-hmm. in terms of like, what do we need to live on and change our life and, and, and go and live in some of these remote places? Because, uh, I mean, where was one of the most craziest places that you submitted your app from? Can you, can you <laughs> share, you know, like a crazy story of a location where you actually submitted an app to the Apple review? Yeah. So we were in uh, Peru and um, I was heading up to visit some ruins that are, so we went to Machu Picchu, but we also visited some ruins further up in the north. Um, and I'd bought a 3G internet stick and I was in the bus and it was the middle of the night. And I was, you know, filling in the app store description and all of this stuff, you know, on this on this bus journey um, on my MacBook. So it's, you know, you can do it from anywhere. And I'm not saying, okay, you need to go live in a cheaper country your whole life, but certainly while you're setting up your business to spend six months or maybe even a year somewhere like Thailand, Bali or Argentina, these countries where off of, of a, you know, a much smaller sum of money, you can live a much better lifestyle, then I, I personally, that made a very big difference in my life. I've been on one of those Peru buses, uh, Machu Picchu, and I, actually, I think we had chickens on ours. So it's a, <laughs> a pretty crazy, uh, crazy location to be running your business as a Finnegan app. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, oh, it's so inspirational. It really is, Andreas. And uh, you know, it's it's one of the reasons why this podcast was set up. And uh, just to hear your story, uh, it, it's going to inspire people because anyone has it in their power. If we can develop apps, I mean, we could do it from anywhere. And uh, and you don't even need to be a coder to to have a successful app business. Um, so I think that's uh, what I'm taking away as well in terms of inspiration from your journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in the the last few minutes, then um, perhaps you could just uh, what would be your parting advice? You know, there's there's talk to those people who are currently. Uh, working, they're, they're uh, maybe doing apps on the part time, part, as a part time uh, business on the side. Mm. Uh, what you know, they're, they're desperately wanting to make it m- more of um, you know their lives, and maybe they want to maybe follow in your footsteps. What what could you leave as parting advice for us and to help us uh, on our way? Sure. So uh, I guess two big breakthroughs uh, for me. Number one. Um, you know, actually going traveling and hugely reducing my monthly expenses meant that I now had money to invest in my business. And that made a big difference because I think we all struggle with that kind of going from, okay, I support myself to, oh, I actually invest money in my business. Um, so it's not that scary. I'd recommend it. My favorite place in the world is Buenos Aires. Uh, you know, it's a, a beautiful city. I love uh, Argentina. Like, you know, you, these there's these wonderful locations you can go to. And number two, uh, I would say that try to couple not just a great app, but also with an audience. So whether that means, you know, going out there and partnering with someone or however you're going to choose to approach that, make sure that you've kind of ticked both of those boxes because it's uh, unfortunately it's not enough anymore to just create a great app 
Well, that's very valuable. And I'm almost thinking of your story where you had uh, 8,000 paid downloads in the, the one day and you were probably paying, uh, I would guess, maybe $10, $20. <laughs> so t- 10 of those apps maybe went towards the rent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So while we were traveling, we were probably living off 20 or $30 a day. Yeah, that's wonderful. How best can people reach out to you, Andreas? What's the best way of connecting with you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can, I guess you can just search for uh, Andreas Cambanis, and I'm sure Google will autocorrect however you attempt to uh, type my name. <laughs> uh, but uh, andreascambanis.com, um, you know, and you'll find Twitter and all of that stuff through there. And uh, I try and blog about some of the sort of tactics we use and uh, to, to help out other developers out there so that they, they can sort of learn from what we're doing and our mistakes and whatnot. Um, yeah, so that's the best place. That's wonderful. Yeah, because I know that you can consult and, and I guess get, give access to your step-by-step process and uh, it just sounds very valuable. Well, Andreas, I mean, in the 97 episodes we've done, it, this truly has been an inspiration for me. It's been wonderful talking with you. I feel... It's a little bit uh, sad that we have to say goodbye, but uh, uh, you're welcome back anytime to the App Guy podcast. You truly are an inspiration and uh, all the best with everything you're you're doing with the App Store and everything else. Thank you so much, Paul. And I'm a very uh, avid listener. I've been listening to this in the gym every day. So uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be on here. Great. Thanks very much. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast. 